0: In other words, if you live under authoritarianism, if you live under government control over every aspect of your life, you're solving viruses, you're solving climate, hey, you're also solving inequity, you're also solving, you know, uh, transgender, is, whatever issue, whatever the woke issue is, the point is they want control and they'll do whatever they have, whether it's a virus, whether it's climate, you name it, they want to invoke emergency powers, that's really what this is about, emergency powers to bypass democracy. You may have heard a rumor
1: that apart from the COVID lockdowns that we just got through and are so glad is over, there are new lockdowns coming, climate lockdowns. What? That sounds like a conspiracy theory. That's nuts. What do lockdowns have to do with climate change? That's just crazy stuff, right? Unfortunately not. Get this. Our next guest, Mark Morano, has proof for us that this is coming. He is the author of The Great Reset, Global Elites, and The Permanent Lockdown. He started climatedepot.com. He is very well read. He is so often on Tucker. In fact, he has to go in such a little while. We better get right to this interview. This is Mark Morano on the John Henry Weston Show. Stay tuned. Before we begin, let me just remind you that we are in the middle of our fall fundraiser. We need your support right now. It is really, really crucial to support LifesiteNews.com to keep our news offerings going, to keep all of our video offerings going. Go to give.lifesightnews.com. Give generously, and we need it right now. Let's begin, as we always do, with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I know you're super busy. You've been on Tucker. You've been all over the place. You're, you're heading to an interview the second this finishes. So let's get right into it. We've heard a lot about the lockdowns we've just experienced with the horrific last two and a half years. But people were talking about more lockdowns coming, but this time climate lockdowns. Do you see that coming? And
0: what is it? Yes, in fact, I have two chapters in my book, The Great Reset, just on this COVID climate connection, and they're very open about it. What happened was in March 2020, when we unprecedentedly essentially locked down healthy people, and you know, lockdown is a prison term. So we, this had never been done in free society. It was just never a recommendation. It just happened because we were following China. Essentially, the climate activists were at first jealous, and then, I mean, at first shot, upset. That all this was happening for climate, and then they they got over that jealousy, and then they wanted to copy it. They actually said things like, "If we can shut down the world for a virus, we can do the same for climate." And John Kerry, the climate envoy, actually said, "You know, the, the parallels between COVID and climate are screaming at us." So that sent a signal to everyone that if we can do this for COVID, we're going to start setting this up to do for climate, and we saw it. Now, now, when I say what's happening. This is in 230 medical journals. Harvard is behind Harvard Medical School is behind this. The journal Nature, the most prestigious scientific journal in the world, is behind this. They're all coming out with studies now saying unchecked climate change will lead to more viruses. Now, what they mean by that is essentially if you don't support the Green New Deal or the UN Paris Agreement. You're a grandma killer because you're going to create more viruses. It's a way to merge these two issues because for years, decades, climate had failed to gain traction. Even when Obama had super majorities in the House and Senate, he couldn't get a climate bill passed, which is why he bypassed democracy, went the Chinification of America executive order route. Same thing Biden did. But essentially what we're seeing now is these medical journals, International Energy Agency, a Gates Soros funded professor actually say, After the COVID lockdowns, we have to now be ready for climate lockdowns or energy lockdowns. But they actually use the phrase climate lockdowns. A Gates, Bill Gates, George Soros funded professor used that phrase, not a climate skeptic or anyone else. And the gist behind it is you can read these reports where they actually openly say we're going to use the COVID lockdown template or the response from COVID, the same template as the model for climate. Remember, COVID happened, the, the authority happened because it was declared an emergency, because every governor and mayor got dictatorial powers overnight. You can cancel church service, you can close gyms, cancel school, cancel weddings, funerals, issue stay-at-home orders, um, do curfews. But hey, Walmart was open. Somehow that was safe. And this was done through the unelected bureaucracy. So this is what the climate, Jane Fonda, the climate activist said, COVID was God gift to the left. And what she meant by that is they could impose their agenda without the messiness of democracy. COVID powers gave them that. So what do I mean by a climate lockdown? The Associated Press, the Washington Post, again, these are mainstream media sources, are now telling us that Joe Biden is about to declare a national climate emergency, which will give him 140 new executive powers. We already know from all these reports, that what they want to do with it, they want to start limiting car travel, airplane travel once every three years. They're actually openly stating you need to, and under a declared climate emergency, you need a moral justification to fly. You can't just get in a plane and fly on a vacation because that's immoral in their view. They're openly talking. Uh, about restrictions, uh, energy restrictions. We're already seeing it now in Colorado. People want to turn their air conditioners colder during a heat wave, but the utility took over their thermostat declaring an energy emergency. California's banning gas powered cars as a measure to essentially create automobile chaos and create car shortages a la Cuba or East Germany where you had to wait for five years on the gov- the crappy government Trabant car, the East German government car. You had to wait five years to get. We're going to see a situation now in the United States where we're going to be on waiting lists for electric cars and banned from buying gas-powered cars. So this is what a climate emergency looks like. And the, the, the key thing here is the word emergency because people aren't going to vote to stop meeting, eating meat. They're not going to vote to stop driving gas-powered cars. They're not going to vote for Vax mandates or lockdowns or closure of churches, these are all imposed upon us. That's why Jane Fonda said it was God's gift to the left. That's what they're seeking. That's what the great reset is. It's a denial of democracy because under emergencies, you can pretty much, government has huge broad powers. And in the book, I go back to the Roman Republic and show that throughout history, the middle ages going to 1930s, Germany, even the U.S. with the Patriot Act after 2001, creating the surveillance state against our own citizens, and of course, COVID and now climate emergency. This is where the greatest abuses of government come against their citizens. So that's, in essence, why what a climate emergency is going to look like. It's a bypassing a democracy with a ginned up fake emergency so that they can have emergency powers to basically impose what they think we need.
1: Unbelievable. What in the world do lockdowns have
0: to do with the climate? How is how is how is it that it can be a lockdown to help the climate? What even sense does that make? Okay, in my book, I show that the climate, COVID lockdowns were literally a version of what they'd called for for decades in the climate movement. I attend every United Nations Climate Summit, and I'm going to the one in Egypt this year. I was at the one last year in Scotland. I was at the one in Madrid before that, going back 20 years to Johannesburg, South Africa was my first one in 2002. And what these summits call for, they have speakers, they have uh, events, and they what they call for is the degrowth movement or planned recessions. This is their exact phrase: climate actors, planned recessions to fight global warming. And what that means is the government imposes lower economic growth or forces a recession to lower emissions. So if you recall, what COVID lockdowns have to do with the climate is they reduced carbon dioxide emissions, and they were praised universally by UN chiefs, by by climate activist politicians around the world, saying these are great for the environment, nature is returning to normal, look at how clear the skies are. They were just gaga over these COVID lockdowns. And here's the weird part. In November 2019, the United Nations said we needed a 7% reduction in carbon dioxide emissions from, from the world in order to meet the UN-Paris climate agreement goals. Well, one year later, because of lockdowns, we had a 7% reduction in carbon dioxide. So it was almost like the UN called it. And in seven years prior to the lockdown, a UN climate chief named Ivo de Boer actually said, the only way to meet our climate targets is to have a global shutdown of the economy. So this idea of shutting down the economy was huge throughout the climate movement long before COVID. So when COVID happened, it was like, Shazam, this is our solution. This is solving both COVID and climate at the same time. And John Kerry actually said it. Wh- whatever you do to address COVID also helps address climate. In other words, if you live under authoritarianism, if you live under government control over every aspect of your life, you're solving viruses, you're solving climate. Hey, you're also solving inequity. You're also solving you know uh, transgenderism, whatever issue, whatever the woke issue is. The point is they want control and they'll do whatever they have, whether it's a virus, whether it's climate, you name it, they want to invoke emergency powers. That's really what this is about. Emergency powers to bypass democracy. So one
1: of the things early on in these climate conferences, right from Cairo on forward, they were talking about its relation to overpopulation. What's the relationship there? And are they still pushing population control? And what are they looking for in terms of the world population anyway?
0: They're looking for less people of color. And that's explicit. Here's what uh, in my previous book, Green Fraud, I go into this in depth. Al Gore was at a Bill Gates event with Bill Gates on the stage. We featured this in our film, Climate Hustle uh, 2 as well. And he said Africa is projected to have more people, more population than China and India combined by mid century. And therefore, we need what he called ubiquitous fertility management in order to control the number of Africans. So in other words, we have a white, wealthy Western politician, Al Gore, at a Bill Gates event lamenting that there's going to be too many Africans in the year 2050 and that we need fertility management, which could be everything from contraceptive to abortion uh, to who knows at this point, China's one party. Well, we're following so much of what China does. Why not impose that on an, an Africa as well? So this is a huge part of it. I interviewed Hans Schudenhuber, the, U, the German climate advisor at a UN climate summit. And he's one of these people who believe the carrying capacity of the earth is only about a billion people. Well, we have about, what, 7 billion now. So he wants to deny about 6 billion people. That's their long-term goal is to create resource scarcity shortages, and that will naturally help shrink the population in their mind. And that's what we're dealing with. So it's a big part of this movement is the earth can't handle people. People are resource hogs. We're destroying the earth and we need to manage them, fertility management of them, and we need to reduce numbers. So that's a big part of it.
1: What is your best suggestion for fighting this agenda, for bringing freedom back to our lands and to the world?
0: Well, actually, I interviewed Václav Klaus, the former president of Czech Republic, and he was uh, grew up under communism his whole life. He was considered the leading anti-communist intellectual, and he was, of course, censored and had all kinds of problems with the government there, and he ended up prevailing. But he compared the COVID lockdowns to what they did under Soviet uh, and Eastern Bloc tyr- tyranny. And he said they didn't call it social distancing, but it was the same idea. They didn't want people to assemble because if they assembled, they would then come up with ideas that the government didn't like. They might plan protests, all sorts of things. So his idea, the way he def- he actually says, the way to fight back against this reset, against these kind of tyrannical lockdowns of government control, you have to defy at every level. That means defy mask mandates, defy vaccine passports. And I detail in the book about the lowest level of politics, the entry level, the school boards, how angry parents showing up at school board meetings actually created a political rebellion that turned out to a national movement. And it turned the election in Virginia. The Democrat machine was toppled so much so that the National Democratic Party did focus groups and they realized that their own base was going to pay, their own party was going to pay a huge price for all these vaccine mandates and, and mask mandates. Within weeks of this focus group, that the Democratic Party did, as reported by the New York Times, they lifted all the vaccine mandates in New York, Baltimore, Washington, L.A., San Francisco. The politics had changed. The political, the, the, they said the science had changed. Well, it was the political science that changed. And so the way to fight back is angry parents at a school board fought back, resistance at every level. I also give the analogy in the book, the Berlin Wall in 1989 didn't fall live on CNN because the East German government said, ah, 40 years of Soviet domination, that's enough. Let's free the people of Eastern Europe and East Germany. It fell because people no longer gave their consent to tyranny. And I think that's the lesson here. We have to resist. We need mass protest. We cannot give in. When it comes to practical things, You can't give in to energy blackouts. We have to stop pandering to this net zero Green New Deal agenda. We have to stop pandering to the anti-freedom of movement agenda and say no to bans on gas powered cars. We need to say no to bans on meat eating. We need to say no to high yield agriculture. We need to say no to censorship. We have to fight this at every level. We have to be defiant. We need to demand of our politicians that they change the narrative and not play by their rules. We can do it. And, it, and we have done it, we've shown that we've done it, when we, and it led by angry parents. That's one of the key things, parents fighting back against the tyranny in schools and the COVID theater and critical race theory and transgenderism. That motivated parents like we've never seen and they're winning school board races and they're sending messages and it's a ripple effect throughout all of politics.
1: One of the weirdest manifestations we've seen to date has been the push on eating bugs. Why this whole new insanity? Commercials with stars showing they're eating bugs. They're pushing this on kids. They've got even commercials with little school children eating chips with bugs in them, bug protein. Tell us what's behind that and what you make of it.
0: Yes, I call it the great food reset. And it's part of my book. This is a huge part. Okay, you have to understand what's happening in agriculture. So before I specifically say insects, let me just give you the big picture. In 2019, the United Nations issued a agricultural report. And in this report, they claim that food was essentially one of the biggest contributors uh, uh, between up to 40% of the greenhouse gas emissions and that we had to change, radically transform modern agriculture. So they're going after high yield uh, agriculture, which has produced and which has literally altered the world since the 1950s and 60s under the tutelage of Norman Borlaug. High yield agriculture has literally Fed the world, staved off famines, has been one of the greatest boons to humankind, humans in the history of our planet, is this modern agricultural revolution. The United Nations set out the message that we had to stop nitrogen fertilizer because it created nitrogen oxide, and it was going to, you know, be a dangerous warming gas. They even going after our human urine. Article a couple months ago in Scientific American, your human pee is a greenhouse gas creating dangerous warming. And they're telling us that we have to stop eating meat because there's too much protein. I mean, this is what, our breath is a toxic pollutant because we exhale CO2. Now our pee is a warming gas. They're going after humans. You get the idea there's a war on humans? Anyway, so they want to go after high-yield agriculture. Bill Gates, well, first of all, Politico had a whole feature, I feature this in the book, about a fear over Chinese land monopoly of farmland in U.S. They're gobbling up farms. So there's now investigations. How do we stop China? We don't want China to own all the farmland, but don't worry. We believe in competition bill gates has now surpassed china as america's single largest farmland owner now who do you want to win that battle i, you know, I think china might be a better i think i'd rather china because it's harder to fight someone like bill gates he's paid 300 dollars, bought the media he's uh, a monopolist very hard to fight at least china it's a foreign entity you figure we could throw them out some way a lot easier than you can get rid of bill gates but anyway so what's Bill Gates' agenda when he buys all this farmland? He's gonna have huge sway in agricultural policy. His number one goal is to stop the eating of meat. And by doing so, he's not necessarily pushing these vegetable oil processed, impossible gross burgers. No, he is pushing what's called synthetic meat. Synthetic meat is where you get stem cells from a cow or a chicken, and then you get the placenta blood from the dead, you know, unborn cow or chicken. You put it in a lab for months, and it's susceptible to viruses and disease. You try to keep it clean. You let it percolate. It grows into some kind of mutant animal pod. And then when it's ready to be turned into meat, they get a 3D printer and they process it through that. And they try to make it look authentic. And this is what he wants people eating. This is what they're spending billions of dollars investing. That's only part of the story. You asked me about insects. The other thing is they are pushing hard because they want to ban meat. They're pushing hard now to promote insects as a replacement. Stephen Colbert had Hollywood celebrities on a few weeks ago touting insect powder as protein powder, normalizing it. Australia just introduced a thousand in a thousand schools, insect cricket snacks to kids with the explicit goal of telling the kids to go home and pester their parents to, in order to get these snacks because they're healthy. They're healthy for the planet. You can save the planet by eating cricket snacks. In the defense of the kids, the kids are eating what look like potato chips. It's a cricket paste, which they throw the oil and the fat and all the grease and the barbecue salt and all that processed and all that seasoning. So you really don't know what you're eating. It doesn't taste like insects but it's a psychological operation. It's a psychop to force it. They literally, the World Economic Forum, which is the head of the Great Reset, cannot push insect eating more than and, and then they are. I mean, it is like pushed at every level on every website and every video. They do vi- all about trying to normalize insect eating as a replacement for the meat that they're banning as we speak. They're already making meat very expensive, which is the goal. And of course, it won't be banned at Davos meetings, the World Economic Forum, or UN Climate Summits. Uh, and the same thing is, yeah, we'll have trouble flying, but Bill Gates and his friends will fly private jets. We'll have trouble affording energy bills and blackouts, but believe me, the Gavin Newsom's and the Al Gore's, they're going to have plenty of energy. That's the way the system works. And I liken it to the old Soviet system. The Politburo lived very well in the old Soviet system, but the unwashed masses below them did not.
1: That's the last point. This craziness about we can't fly anywhere, but the people who are pushing this agenda, they fly everywhere. Here in Canada, Prime Minister Trudeau has made of the, you know, of, of jet setting around the world, uh, just a, a very common weekly experience. The same people saying, oh, but we have to restrict our travel for the sake of the environment.
0: <laughs> and this is a huge part of the Great Reset, is the, uh, is the, uh, limits on your freedom. And I I go into great lengths to show you how COVID lockdowns and a climate lockdown are so similar because they literally have the same goal. They don't want us to have the freedom to get in a car and travel. They're going after the concept of ownership. That's the key here. World Economic Forum just questioned uh, whether car ownership should be allowed. Andrew Yang, who ran for the Democratic nomination, called for the end of private car ownership. He said, we need to have roving fleets of rental electric cars you call up on an app. The U.K. Transportation Secretary earlier this year announced that owning a car was 20th century outdated uh, thinking. Beyond just cars, land ownership. The U.N. had something called the Vancouver Declaration a few years back where they declared owning land leads to concentration of wealth and social inequity. So they're, they're, it's, remember, they mean it when they say, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. But what they really mean is someone will own something, it won't be you, it'll be, and we're seeing this happen, as the economy tanks, People lose their jobs. You lose your job because you don't get a vaccine mandate. You lose your job because of lockdown. You lose your property. Equity asset firms coming in, all the major cities gobbling up whole neighborhoods. We're seeing it happening in farming as distressed farmers because of supply chain issues, because of inflation going under because of all the lockdowns and, and these economic policies limiting their production. We're seeing it in the Netherlands in real time. They go under who's buying up their farmland, China. Bill Gates. We're returning to feudal serfdom. In many cases, the farmers can stay on their land after they lose ownership of it, and they can then, you know, till the ser- till it become like serfs and till the land in service to an equity asset company like BlackRock or State Street, or maybe their Chinese paymaster, or who knows, maybe Bill Gates. NBC News reported it's not Bill Gates in the overalls out there. It's uh, 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 who's out there tilling this land. It's Bill Gates competing with family-run farms, trying to buy it up. And Bill Gates, of course, is crushing them. So this is a very real problem. And again, I just want to say this. It's the most important thing I can say. This is not something that may happen in the future, and I'm issuing a warning. This is happening now. Everything I'm telling you is concrete examples of today's headlines.
1: You are a mile a minute. This is awesome. I know you have to run off to another interview. So tell people where they can find you, where
0: they can get your book. You can get the book. If you don't want to support Amazon, it's available on Amazon, which I feel hypocritical saying, Amazon was, yeah, I write the book about how Amazon benefited from the lockdowns as all the small mom and pop. You can also buy it directly from my publisher, Regnery Books. But you can get it at Amazon. You can get it at Barnes and Noble. It's called The Great Reset, The uh, Global Elites and the Permanent Lockdown. It's a fun book. The early reviews are saying People, it's entertaining. I try to make it like a resource guide. So I have George Carlin jokes in there, some of them off color, but he talks about viruses. I got Bill Maher in there. I got a quote from, opens the book with Rod Serling from The Twilight Zone. This is not a dry, boring, policy wonk book. This is a book that I hope comes to life and brings you today's world and, 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 and lays it out before you what they're trying to do.
1: And you're at climatedepot.com. People have got to wake up Mark, you've been uh, awesome. Thank you so much for what you've done. And uh, I hope you can come back on sometime because there's just so much more to explore with you. God bless you.
0: There is. All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, John Henry.
1: And God bless all of you. We'll see you next time. Hi, everyone. This is John Henry Weston. We hope you enjoyed this video. And to see more like this, be sure to hit the subscribe button below to get all the latest content from LifeSite News. So check out our links in the description to read more, sign up for our newsletter, and connect with us on social media so that you can stay up to date with all of the latest life, family, and culture news. Thanks for watching, and may God bless you.